to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi, everybody. We're so glad you're here today. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing great. That's good. Anything new going on with you? Well, I'm a little stir crazy. You know, I always say I'm busy and I need to slow down, but I was forced to slow down for the last 10 days. I had a little medical procedure and I apparently do not thrive on being slow. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. I feel like I'm picking fights with my husband just for something to do. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I need to get out of this house and see somebody besides you. I love you, but we've had too much togetherness. Got it. I get it. (laughs) Well, I hope that you're going to go back to work this weekend. That's the plan. That's the plan. Well, it'll feel good to to have something to to do. see somebody else. Yeah. Anyway, I do want to send a thank you woman in our Facebook community named Patty. She found this really cool old street sign at a flea market. I want to say she's from like Massachusetts or Maine, someplace up northeast, an M state. I can't remember. Sorry, geography is not my strong suit. Anyways, it says South Bullock Street. So she got it for me and she sent it to me. And the S, it doesn't say South. It has the S. Yes, an S. It's S period Bullock Street. And so it's my initial and name. And it was just so fun. I have it on my desk. I'm going to hang it above my desk, I think. My husband would love to have East Bullock Street now, but I don't know if there is an East Bullock Street. That would be great. So did I ever tell you the story about how we stole a sign from the Deke fraternity house when I was a freshman in college? And we, Maybe. I don't it sounds know. a little familiar. Does that sound familiar? I had a long jean skirt. It was freshman year. You remember long denim skirts? Mm-hmm. So I was wearing a long denim skirt at this fraternity party because that's, you know, how we rocked it back in 1986. And if they didn't have a big enough, like, slit in the back, they were very but You could hardly walk in it. Well, we yes. were at the at the Deke house. Sorry if anybody's a Deke or knows the Deeks, but we were at the Deke house. And they had a sign that was a no parking sign that someone had stolen from where you steal signs, I mean, on the street, but someone had stenciled on the dance floor. So it said no parking on the dance floor. So I was like, oh. I gotta have that sign. So I grabbed it, stuck it up my skirt, and walked right out of the party. <laughs> I am not suggesting that people steal things. Okay. I was <laughs> like 17 years old. Okay. Anyway, we're going across the campus, and I'm like so excited. I came out of the skirt, and I'm walking with my friend, and campus police stopped us. And they're like, ma'am, did you just steal that sign? And I'm like, well, I, I, I don't think you th- could think that because it says on the dance floor. <laughs> so we were saved by on the dance floor. Be like, no, I borrowed <laughs> it from somebody else who stole it. Well, okay. Yes, I did steal it from the people who stole it. So the, anyway, I did. But I, <laughs> anyway, 
That's my street sign story. And I kept that, that sign throughout my entire college. I don't know what happened to it after I, maybe I handed it down to someone when I left, but I kept it. We kept it in our dorm room. That's so funny. <laughs> I guess I wasn't worried about the deke retribution. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do well, not steal children and stay in school. <laughs> <laughs> do as Jen says, not as she uh, does. I was 17. Look, if we have to go by what we did when we were 17. And oh, gosh. <laughs> We better not go there. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. (laughs) Well, today we have a great story for the good news segment. And before I share, I just want to send out a request for more good news stories from our community. My contribution vault for the podcast is empty. I'm in need of your good news stories, customer service shout outs, and thank yous to special people in your life. I'm also in need of listeners' life hacks, time savers, daily life lessons, as well as motivational quotes. Please email them to me at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. Today's contribution is from Janine in Kansas. She wrote, the other day I was broke down on the side of the road with my three kids in the car. My husband has a truck and trailer and could easily haul the van to the garage, saving us a tow bill. But he was at our waterfront lot fishing where there is no service, so I couldn't get a hold of him. It's not really remote. It's just right outside town, but for some reason, there is no cell service there. My husband says it's because when installing cell towers, the cell service people knew that men needed time away from their busy lives to disconnect from technology and work and connect with nature and fish. So it's planned that way. He might be right. (laughs) Regardless, it was really inconvenient that day. A really nice man pulled over and asked if he could help. I told him that if I could just reach my husband, he could give me a tow. He offered to give us a ride, but in this day and age, there is no way I was getting in a stranger's vehicle with my kids. I kindly explained that, and he shook his head, and he said, You know, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have even asked. You're right. I would chew my daughter out good if she did something like that. If you want, I could track down your husband for you. So I gave him my husband's location. He had friends with him, so I felt it was safe to share, and he went to the waterfront lot and told my husband where I was and what was happening. The trailer, we actually store there, so that worked out great. Jim, the really nice man, came back with my husband and helped my husband load the van on the trailer. When I asked him why he was being so nice and helpful, he shared that he was recently retired and his wife was away taking care of her sick sister. He really just needed to feel useful as being retired and all alone was making him feel really useless as of late. So Jim from Paola, Kansas, thank you for helping us out. You were our angel that day. My van couldn't have picked a better day to break down. That is a great story. That is a great story. I love that. So listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. As Sherry said, we also need your customer service shout outs. We need your thank yous. We need your life hacks, your time savers, your life lessons, your motivational quotes. We need all of those things to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. Before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that helps make it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And today I want to share about Beauty Counter's great special deals that they have right now for the upcoming holiday season. You know, Jen and I both work hard to remove chemicals and toxins from our home environments and our beauty and skincare products. Beauty Counter is the company that we turn to again and again as we can use their products knowing that they are free from harmful endocrine disruptors that can harm our body's hormone balance and other chemicals and carcinogens. 
Right now, I love a kit that they have made that is full of Beauty Counters Clean Heroes. It is a collection of Beauty Counters best products in smaller sizes so that you can afford to try six amazing skincare and beauty products for a special low price. If you are a first-time shopper, you can save an additional 20% off as well. To learn more about the Clean Heroes kit and all of the other fun combo gift sets, visit beautycounter.com slash Sherry Bullock, S-H-E-R-I-B-U-L-L-O-C-K, or go to lifelessonscommunity.com slash beautycounter. Oh, and can I tell you, I just got something that's in their holiday collection that yes. I'm in love with. You probably could guess, knowing what you know about me and what products they don't have, but they have it back. The eyeshadow palette? Yes. I'm glad yes. you could guess they have an eyeshadow palette. I do not like the, I, the creamy, you know, the stuff that you put on with the wand. I don't like a creamy eyeshadow. I like it in a pressed. And, you know, I was using it because, because Beauty Counter didn't have it. I had their old stuff. That, right. I was still using a little bit, and then I had some mineral fusion. The mineral fusion was breaking, getting that's everywhere. My problem, it, it broke. Awful. Yeah, it, it was it was awful. But I'm so excited. I, I ordered some. I hope that they're planning to keep it in the lineup. I, I wish two. they would. I wish they would because <sighs> I really like that form of of eyeshadow. Anyway, it's just as good as I hoped it would be. Yay! And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. This week we're going to talk with Dr. Deb Matthew an author, speaker, educator, wife, and mom of four boys. Her passion is helping people restore their health by addressing the root cause of their symptoms instead of just treating diseases with drugs. She's on a mission to spread the message that having balanced hormones can help women to love the way they feel. She joins us today to get into all of that and to help educate our community to get you on the right track to feeling your best. Welcome, Dr. Deb. Hey, so nice to be here talking with you today. Well, we're really glad to have you. And, you know, this is a topic that's right in the forefront of my brain right now because I just started hormone replacement therapy probably two months ago after, you know, feeling like, oh, nothing will happen to me. I'm okay. My body's fine. I'm healthy. And then I went through menopause. Everything was good. A little trouble sleeping. No big deal. And then a year on the other side, after I'd already been at the definition of a year after my last period, sorry, we might say period and stuff like that. Everybody just be aware. <laughs> but a, and another year went by, I realized, no, I was not okay. And just you know, feeling like I'm going to be fine. Having a positive attitude is not really <laughs> the, the winning solution. So somebody that we both know, Dr. Deb, had a chat with me when we were in Utah and said, you need hormone replacement therapy. And I just really didn't even understand how much I needed it. It's changed my life already in two months. So I knew that we had to have you on to talk us through it because there's so many misconceptions there's about hormone replacement therapy. Even when I, I posted on Instagram, a picture of my face one month into hormone replacement therapy and the changes in my face in one month were remarkable. And in the comments, people are like, yeah, but what about... What up? Yeah, but what about what about breast cancer? What about this? What about that? My doctor said no. And so we really want to get those misconceptions cleared up so women can be empowered to take charge of their health post-menopause, pre-menopause, at any step along the way. Yeah, you know, this whole topic is just something that hurts my heart because a whole generation of women have been made to be afraid of hormones by their doctors. Like this is something that 
we doctors have caused. And I really am so grateful to have this opportunity to help share the truth because so many women are suffering unnecessarily. And, you know, when I was in medical school back in the 90s, we were all trained that all women who go through menopause should go on hormone replacement therapy. It was going to help our hearts and our brains and our bones. And it was the thing to do. In fact, if you didn't take the hormone therapy we recommended, then we, you know, waved our finger at you and called you a non-compliant patient. It was very paternalistic, but we gave every woman the same dose. It wasn't, it wasn't quite the best way to do it. But we were so sure at that time that hormones were the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then things changed, sadly. Right, right. The tide turned. And you really kind of said it already. We always ask our guests to share, you know, the the big lesson that you hope to share with our listeners today, the big lesson. But in one sentence or, or so, what's the big lesson you want our listeners to leave with today? Hormones are important, not dangerous. Oh, that's that's it. That's it right there. And thank you for coming. No. <laughs> more to the story, right? It's, you know, right. But so can you tell our listeners, you know, I know now because I listened to the Huberman Lab podcast. He had Dr. Peter Peter Atiel on there and they talked about hormones. But can you explain to our listeners why we got the idea that hormones are dangerous instead of like really like the keto? Before we go there, can we back up though and tell our listeners, okay, people hear hormones and I think People think hormones are just your sex hormones. Right. People don't understand that you have all these hormones going on in your body. That's true. And they're like interconnected. So can you just talk about that for a second so people understand the delicate balance that needs to happen? Yes. So hormones are chemical messengers. They travel through our bloodstream and they tell your cells what to do. And so if you don't have quite the right balance of hormones, then all the different parts of your body aren't getting quite the right messages. And so you just don't feel right. And estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, those are the three hormones that come from our ovaries. And so those are the ones that change as we go through menopause. But, you know, they change in some cases many, many years before menopause. So we can even talk about like, how does it feel in your 30s? How does it feel in your 40s? How does it feel in your 50s? Because things change. But those are the sex hormones that change at menopause. But thyroid is a hormone. Thyroid sets your metabolic rate and burns calories and keeps you warm and gives you energy. And insulin is a hormone. It's a hormone that regulates your blood sugar. And when it's a problem, then you end up with diabetes. Cortisol is a super important hormone. That's our stress hormone. And everybody knows too much cortisol gives you that darn belly fat. And there are lots and lots of other hormones too. So you're absolutely right that if we say hormones and lump them all together, that's like saying medications, right? Like there's antibiotics and there's heartburn pills and they're all different. So there are many different kinds of hormones. And They all interact and they affect each other. So when cortisol is too high because of chronic stress, it interferes with how your thyroid functions. So you can feel hypothyroid. Or if you have an imbalance between your estrogen and progesterone, where your estrogen is higher and your progesterone is lower, you can have heavier periods and more PMS. So the balance of hormones is really, really important. That's right. And I didn't realize that, you know, the sex hormones, the estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, don't just decide whether you have a period or not. They work together with insulin and you have worsening blood sugar control after you lose your female sex hormones. And so what got my attention really was painful sex. And I promised y'all I was going to 
say some things today, but <laughs> that was the thing. I was like, you know, I can live with crepey skin. I can live with whatever, whatever, but I cannot live like this. I'm only 53. So that was what really got my attention. But then I started learning it's it's so much more powerful than just you know, what's happening in the reproductive zone. One of my patients described it as feeling like getting a cactus shoved in. Daggers is the word I use. Yeah. It felt like yeah. daggers. And that I is, mean, it's quite common, Yeah, but it is absolutely unnecessary to have to experience that. There are things that we can do to help. And while it's, you know, unpleasant, it affects marriages. You know, I have women coming in where They've lost all desire, partly because it hurts. Like, you know, what? why would you desire the pain? And then their spouse gets their feelings hurt, thinks that you don't love them anymore, and it causes marital problems. Listen, that's what's happening in my house right now. In the last year, my libido, boop, it's gone. Like, I just really couldn't care less. And then he's like, you don't love me. You're not in love with me. You're not attracted to me. Well, add to that, like... I don't feel like I'm in the prime of my life anymore, right? I feel bloated and I've put on some weight, which is there's no explanation for because I haven't changed anything. And I'm having blood sugar imbalances and I'm just fatigued and brain foggy, right? And I'm just like, that's just one more thing to think about. And now you're making me stress out about it. And like, what, right? It's like huge. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. It's not. And then I don't feel sexy anymore. Right. Right. So because I don't now I feel like an old lady all of a sudden. And I'm like, my husband's like, like I don't like, don't look at me. I'm an old lady. Mm-hmm. It took and I'm one 49. month and I was back to normal. Let me just tell you, <laughs> one month hormone replacement therapy, everything was all great in the zone again. Let me just and see, that's what really hurts my heart is that so many women think that they're doing the right thing by staying far away from hormone replacement therapy because it's bad and dangerous is what we doctors have said. And yet they're missing out on a lot. They don't feel, you know, they don't feel good. And so the painful sex is a big deal. The fatigue, our body changes, we age, our skin ages right before our eyes. One of the biggest things that I think that women really struggle with is our brain doesn't work right when we go through menopause in a lot of cases. So like the hot flashes are super annoying, right? If you have hot flashes, sometimes you just get woken up at night and you can't sleep and none of us can, you know, are at our best when we're not sleeping. But it's this like you said, the brain fog, the fatigue, we can't remember why we walked in the room or where we put the car keys or, you know, what's that person's name? Like that word, you know, you know the word, but you or can't what exactly? the word. Yes. yes. And you can't help but start thinking like, ooh, is this like the early signs of Alzheimer's? <laughs> and I remember in particular, I have a patient who was like a big CEO, you know, big wig working for a bank. And She had an important job. She was the primary breadwinner in her family and she couldn't remember things. She had sticky notes everywhere, but, you know, she was afraid she was going to lose her job because she was going to make an important mistake. And her mom, she was in the process of moving her mom into a memory care center because her mom had dementia and she was certain that this was her onset of dementia. But once we got her hormones balanced, her brain came back. Like you, you just don't have to put up with it. Because I've had these thoughts like, have I peaked? Is it all downhill from here? Because I'm like, I'm 49. Please tell me that doesn't just keep getting worse from here. It doesn't have to. So Deb, explain to us what got the the tide turned in the wrong direction. Why did we go from you knew hormones were the right thing (sighs) to hormones are from Satan, do not use them. Yes. Okay. Here's the sordid tale. There was a great big study 
that was done. It was called the Women's Health Initiative Trial. And it was to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt just how wonderful hormone replacement therapy was for women and just how much it protected their heart, their brain, and their bones. The problem is when we did this study, first of all, we enrolled women who were a little older. So the average age of the women in the study was 70, even though women go through menopause at age 50. So we're like laid into the game. The other problem is the kind of hormone replacement therapy that we used. So we've just talked about how there's all different kinds of hormones, but even for like estrogen or progesterone, there's different forms. And so what was used were prescription drugs. So the estrogen that was used came from pregnant horse urine is called Premarin, like pregnant mare urine. And this isn't exactly the kind of hormone that human women have. It's mainly horse. That wasn't even the problem. The progesterone that was in the pill is, was medroxyprogesterone acetate, which is a synthetic man-made chemical. It's not the same as the progesterone that our bodies make. It's a synthetic drug that's made to mimic progesterone. So we call this a progestin. It's a synthetic version that's like progesterone. And there were two groups of women in the study. One group of women had their uterus and ovaries and all their parts. They got the combo pill with the horse estrogen and this progestin. The other group of women had had a hysterectomy for whatever reason, and they were only given the estrogen pill. And the reason is if we give women a big dose of estrogen, we could promote uterine cancer but we can protect from that if we use progesterone. So the ones with the uterus got the progesterone pill, progestin, and the ones without a uterus just got estrogen. Well, if we look at the women who just had estrogen, they did not have an increase in the risk for breast cancer. And overall, they had less colon cancer, less lung cancer, less osteoporosis, less bone fractures. They lived longer. On the other hand, the women who got the combo pill had an increase in the risk for breast cancer. And it wasn't a large risk. It was just a tiny risk. Oh, I know the exact number. Do you want me to tell you what it was? Yeah, I you heard will. it on the Huberman lab. Yeah. There were a thousand women in each part of the study. And in the just estrogen group, four out of those 1,000 had breast cancer. And in the combo group, five out of 1,000 had breast cancer. So that's one more out of a thousand. But since we like to play with statistics and make sensational headlines, it was reported as 25% increase in the rate of breast cancer. Okay. That's the difference of one out of a thousand. Yes. But doesn't it sound like 25% of women were getting breast cancer? Correct. Like, <laughs> but it was, it was a very small one increase. more out of a thousand. And that's really not even that statistically significant. No. And you know, the problem is that. We as medical doctors at that time were telling all of our menopausal patients across the board, you need to go on hormone replacement therapy. And then to think that we were causing some breast cancer cases, even if it's a tiny number, that's horrifying to us. And we as women are terrified of breast you cancer, know right? Harm, right? You yeah. Don't wanna... And this got picked up by the media, right? The media was like trumpeting breast cancer, breast cancer. Women are calling the gynecologist's office. The phones are ringing off the hook. The doctors are freaking out because we've been telling everybody to take this. And oh my goodness. And that was 20 years ago. So at the time, we didn't really know all the details. All we heard was, oh my gosh, breast cancer, red alert, red alert, red alert. It turns out though, 
even in the group of women that got that combo pill, where there was a slight increase in the risk for breast cancer, there was still less colon cancer, there was less osteoporosis, there was less hip fracture. You were less likely to die if you took the hormone replacement therapy, even the stuff that had the slight increase of breast cancer, less likely to die than if you didn't take hormones. Right. And was this around like 1998, 99? It was 2002. Okay. All right. And so for the last 20 years, like a whole generation of women were steered away from hormones. And, you know, now we're seeing an increase in these chronic diseases. In fact, back in 2013, so like about 10 years later, somebody did an analysis and they looked at how many women died, an estimation, how many extra women died because they went off their hormone replacement therapy, and they estimated 90,000 excess deaths in women because we took them off their hormone replacement therapy. And that was 10 years ago. Wow. But in the last 20 years, we've really had a chance to reanalyze the data and look at it forwards and backwards and upside down. More studies have been done. And what we see is when we use the bioidentical version of the hormones, which means they are an exact match to what our bodies make. At least in theory, your body can't tell the difference between whether the hormone came from the pharmacy or from your ovary. That's bioidentical. If we use the bioidentical form of the hormones, we don't see an increase in the risk for breast cancer. And there are lots of studies now that have been done. In fact, there was a very big study that was done in Finland because in Scandinavian countries, they have socialized medicine. So they keep track of everybody's records and they can see. And there they use bioidentical hormones. That's just standard. It's here in the US, we're very tightly influenced by pharmaceutical companies. So in their study on the women who did bioidentical hormones, they found that women who were on hormone replacement therapy lived longer. They had less heart disease. They had less breast cancer, not more breast cancer, and they did better. And stronger bones, right? Yeah, they maintain their muscle mass. There's no concrete data exactly that they can use for no cactus feeling in your vagina <laughs> and not feeling like a woman and, you know, desiring your partner. And like those kinds of like having zip in your step and going to yoga class because you feel like it. You know, all these things, we can't measure them really accurately. We can count who had a heart attack, but the hormones are important. Well, it changed my life in one month. I mean, seriously. So I'm. Would it <laughs> can I tell my story about hormones too? Please do. Yeah. Please okay. do. So I've been doing this for 15 years. I started when I was 37. So my hormones were messed up when I was 37, but it was different because I was only in my 30s. Partly it was because I was hypothyroid and I was being treated with Synthroid, which is the standard pill that everybody gets, but it was making my lab tests look normal, but it wasn't making me feel normal. I was cold. I was tired. I was exhausted, but I didn't know better. So I just kept on taking that pill for 10 years. Wow. I took that darn pill. But then in my late thirties, my female hormones were starting to shift. My progesterone level was starting to go down. So I didn't, I didn't know about any of this. All I knew is I'm shrieking at my kids, no matter what they do, I'm like yelling at them and then feeling guilty for being like the world's worst mom. And my poor husband was walking on eggshells because he didn't really know which version of me was going to show up. And some versions of me weren't so nice. And, you know, we didn't have quote unquote Karen's back then. But if we did, like I probably would have been one because I had no filter and things just made me so aggravated. And I would just like say things that probably would have been best 
left unsaid. And I had no idea what the heck was wrong with me because there was nothing in my medical training that helped me understand what was happening to me. I wasn't depressed. I didn't know what it was. And my husband found a book that he thought I ought to read. It was a book written about women's hormones by Suzanne Summers. And the book was called The Sexy Years. She's a smart person because if the book was called Women's Hormone Problems, you know that he would not have touched that book. (laughs) But it was called The Sexy Years. And so apparently he did pick it up and have a look at it. And he recognized, you know, on the back cover, they've got all those little like, you know, check, 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 like all the bullet points. Right. Right. So he looked, you know, irritability, not sleeping. Yep, yep, yep. And so he brought this book home. And you can understand, right? Medical doctors don't want to learn medical information from Chrissy Snow, right? Remember me and the thigh master? Like, I mean, I've met Suzanne Summers a couple of times now. I've had a chance to speak on the stage with her. But at the time... She was not my go-to for yeah. medical information, but I, I had no other options really, right? And I knew that what was happening to me wasn't normal, and I knew something had to change because my husband's patient, but like there's only so much he's going to put up with. And so I read the book, and when I read the book, it changed my whole life because I read all these stories of women who were feeling just like me. They couldn't remember where they left anything, and you know the word they wanted, and they felt so bloated, et cetera. And then I read about how much better they felt when they got their hormones in balance. And that is where I learned that progesterone is our calming hormone. And then when our progesterone levels go down, anytime after about age 35, we can get more irritable and we can get anxious. I was waking up in the middle of the night with panic attacks for no reason. There was nothing going on. I knew they were panic attacks, you know, being a doctor, but I didn't know why. So when you're in your late 30s or early 40s, you're not thinking about menopause. Like I had no idea. And so once I knew, then everything changed. But so lately, so that was when I was 37. Now I'm 54. About six months ago, I started having a lot of night sweats. And my husband is like the princess in the pea, right? He's got to have the right pillow and the room (laughs) has to be the right temperature. And, you know, so I'm having these night sweats and they're disrupting his sleep. And he basically said, look, this isn't working for me. You got to do something about this. And I'd been watching my estrogen level and knew that my estrogen level had finally gone down because of menopause. And so I got myself on estrogen. And the hot flashes, you know, the the sleep, all of that went away within three days, sleeping like a baby within three days, which I expected. I knew that that's what was going to happen. What was unexpected is my brain perked up and started working. I hadn't even realized that it wasn't working, you know, because it's slow and gradual and creeps up on me. But a lot of times my team would come to me at about three o'clock in the afternoon and they they needed me to make a decision about something. And they'd be telling me, telling me, and I would just finally say to them, you know, I hear what you're saying, but like nothing is happening in between my ears. Come back and ask me tomorrow. I used to say that all the time. And then when I got on my estrogen, my brain would just work and I'd make decisions and carry on and everything was fine. And then a couple of months later, I heard myself say that again. One of my team members came and asked me something. And I said to her, I hear you're saying it, but like nothing's processing in between my ears. Ask me again tomorrow. And I thought about it. and I thought, gee, I haven't said that for a long time. And then I realized, oh, my goodness, I forgot to put on a new estrogen patch. It's been a week and my estrogen level has dropped. So 
it really makes a difference. I've got my little reminder every Tuesday, every Saturday, that's when I change my patch. It's the reminder on my phone, so I can't forget because that's how much I like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so let's just say there's somebody out there like me, low libido, brain fog, fatigue. Unexpected weight gain out of nowhere. Unexpected weight gain out of nowhere. I maintained my weight. I'm an intermittent faster for years. And then suddenly, well, probably about a year ago, I just started gaining weight. I'm up about 25 pounds and I'm doing everything right. Mm-hmm. And she my is. body is saying, <laughs> whatever, we're in charge, not you. I went to this OBGYN that everybody in town raves about and I told him what's going on. And he's like, yep, let's get you feeling good. Let's get you feeling sexy again. Let's, you know, he tested my. LH, FSH, and testosterone. Came back, said your testosterone's really low. We need to get you on a testosterone supplement. There's a little bit of estrogen in it, but it's no big deal. You probably don't need it, but it won't hurt you. And that is where we stand. He did not test your estrogen level. He did not test your progesterone levels. I don't have periods because I had endometrial ablation like 14 years ago. So that was part of my thing to him was like, hey, I don't cycle because I had endometrial ablation, so I have no idea where I fall in the whole menopause spectrum. Help me here. He says, well, there's no reason. You have your FSH and your LH, it's still wherever it needs to be, so I have no concern about your progesterone and estrogen because you're not in menopause. So can we talk about measuring hormones? Because I think yes, this is important. that's what I was going to say. So yes. I feel like yes. we missed some steps maybe. Yeah. It's not so simple. That's the challenge. If it was super simple, all the doctors would just do a blood test and carry on our merry way. But it's not so simple. Our estrogen and progesterone go up and down over our menstrual cycle. So they are supposed to be low while you're on your period. That's what triggers your uterine lining to shed. So you have the bleeding. The week after your period, estrogen goes up a little bit and progesterone is still very low. Then mid-cycle, you ovulate. Estrogen goes really high for a few days. And then for the last two weeks of your cycle, between ovulation, which is about day 14, and when your period starts, which is about day 28, your progesterone is supposed to be very high and your estrogen is fairly high. And then they both drop down and that triggers your period. So this is up and down. So for women who are premenopausal still, if they march into their doctor's office on some average Thursday afternoon and want their hormone levels done, it matters where you are in your cycle and it won't give us meaningful information if you're, we generally like to do it midway between ovulation and your period. So approximately day 21 of your menstrual cycle, if you're having menstrual cycles, because that's when your hormones are supposed to be at their peak. But it's especially tricky for women who are premenopausal, but they don't have a period because they've had an ablation, which is where we treat the lining of your uterus so you don't bleed anymore, or they have an IUD for birth control, and that also, for a lot of women, they don't bleed, or if they've had a partial hysterectomy where their uterus is removed, but they still have their ovaries. So now we don't really know what day of your cycle. So you could have your estrogen and progesterone level done And it ends up by coincidence, it was on the week when you would have had your period and the levels are very low. And so then if we were to say, oh, they're low, here's your hormone replacement therapy. But then, you know, two weeks later, the levels go high. Now you get symptoms of too much. So, so I'm a researcher, right? Right. I wear an aura ring. Are you familiar with the aura ring? Yes. Measures Mm -hmm. your temperature and you can watch it cycle, right? And you can pretty much match it to your ovulation cycle. 
And so I went and equipped with my temperature chart and I'm like, here's my temperature chart. Da, 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 da. And that was apparently meaningless. I don't know. I thought that would be helpful. Is that helpful to tell if you're ovulating? That would be great. Because so sometimes we guess, but this FSH that you were talking about that he did do. So FSH comes from your brain. It's a hormone from your brain. And it's sensing whether your ovaries are still doing a good job and whether your brain is getting enough estrogen. So one of the first things that starts to change when women are heading towards menopause is their FSH level starts to go up. If their ovaries aren't working as well, their brain sends out more and more of this FSH follicle stimulating. It's like yelling. It has to yell at the ovaries, yeah. right? Yelling at your ovaries. And so if your FSH level was still low, then what that means is presumably your ovaries are still doing a good job and probably your estrogen is okay. Like we need to know more of your history. Like there's more to, to know, but your progesterone is probably not still okay just based on your age. Progesterone starts to go downhill when you're in your 30s. And so it's really common for women in our 40s that it's lower. And then, you know, by the time you're hitting 50, it's really common. So the estrogen for you may still be okay, but the progesterone may still may be too low. So is that est- estrogen dominance? Is that, that what is this is? That is estrogen dominance. So common for women in their 40s. And when you have estrogen dominance, where you're still making estrogen, but not enough progesterone, you can wake up in the middle of the night with panic attacks like me, or just have more anxiety than you used to, more just irritability. Like, you know how the week before our period, when we kind of are a little PMSE, we don't feel right. our best. That just kind of- Becomes of like every day. Two days, <laughs> just straight you know, on and on and on, right? So we can have more PMS <laughs> symptoms, heavier periods, shorter cycles. So now instead of a period coming every 28 days, it comes every 25 days or every 23 days or every 21 days night sweats, interrupted sleep, all sorts of symptoms. And one of the ways that's a huge clue that these symptoms are hormonal is if they're cyclic. So if your husband is the greatest guy ever this week, and then that week you are ready to just stab him in the eyeball with a fork because he's driving (laughs) you nuts, it's probably not him, it's probably you. And so if you have, you know, changes, one week is a good week and the rest are not, then that's a clue that it cycles. If you've had a hysterectomy or an ablation, sometimes it's like not so obvious. It's harder to know that. And then eventually the estrogen is going to start to go down. But this is a process. It's like puberty in reverse. You know, puberty takes years, right? So this perimenopause, this time before menopause, it can take years. And how we describe your ovaries during this perimenopausal time is your ovaries are kind of like a bad employee. You never really know when they're going to show up to work. Even if they show up, they may not do a very good job. You're kind of ready to fire them already. But <laughs> so it's just unpredictable. And then eventually, then they, you know, they shut down and then you're low in estrogen, you're low in progesterone, and then it doesn't matter. It's fine to test it because they're just low all the time. So it doesn't fluctuate anymore. And that's easier. So what does a woman do when they're in a period like me, where they're probably low, they're not, they're having symptoms, you can't really show it on a blood test. So what is your path to wellness? Okay. So we do want you to be hormonally balanced and we want to look at all of these hormones. So just based on your age alone and your symptoms, 
We still can measure hormone levels, and sometimes we do them two weeks apart so that, you know, we see at this time in your cycle, quote unquote cycle, and at this time of the month. And if it's high on one of the tests and low on the other tests, then we sort of know that you're still okay. If it's low both times, then it probably is low. I think it would be okay to use your aura ring and do the test a week before the aura ring predicts your cycle. That's kind of a new fancy techie way of doing it. I'm going to start looking at that. I I have not done that or tried that. But progesterone would be fine to go ahead and take. Progesterone, bio-identical progesterone, not the synthetic stuff, is breast protective. So this estrogen dominance is actually a risk factor for breast cancer. None of these hormones cause breast cancer, but estrogen makes breast helps breast cancer cells flourish. Progesterone hinders them. And so if we have that imbalance, that's just the right environment for breast cancer to flourish. So progesterone would probably be a good idea. You know your testosterone is low because he did measure that. And testosterone is important to keep your muscles and bones strong. It's also really important for everything to do with sex. Thinking about it, caring about it, becoming aroused, vaginal lubrication, sensitivity, having an orgasm, like, you know, not taking an act of Congress in order to finally climax. Like, (laughs) testosterone is important for everything to do with sex, but it is also really important for how you feel on the inside. Estrogen is like a natural antidepressant. Progesterone is like a natural anti-anxiety. And testosterone is a mood stabilizer. It's your confidence, motivation, self-esteem, assertiveness, decisiveness, confidence, get up and go and get things done. And so when testosterone levels go down, we just feel kind of blah. We put one foot in front of the other and make our way through the day. And if there are things that we must get accomplished today, like food on the table for our family, we will get it accomplished. But if it doesn't really have to be done, we tend to sort of procrastinate and push things off to the side because you just don't really feel like it. So that resonates with a lot of women. Here's the big question. I think that a lot of listeners now may be or learning things they didn't know. They 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 know now they don't have to be scared of hormone replacement therapy. They want some of this. So they're excited and they go to their doctor and they're like, I'm so excited. You know, I'm 52. I'm through that, menopause. That was me. I was, I, I was like, I'm I want to get my this. hormones tested. And the doctor says, no, no, breast cancer. I don't do that. And so what do you do when you have a reluctant doctor who doesn't understand? Yes. This is my mission to try to help women understand what to do. There are some really wonderful doctors out there who are up to date on the research and they are very supportive of hormones and they understand which type of progesterone drug is the wrong thing to do and they prescribe the natural form, the bioidentical hormones. If you have a doctor like that who will test your hormones and give you bioidentical hormones, you are super, super fortunate. That's wonderful. They're hard to find. A lot of people turn to their gynecologist because they expect that should be the expert in hormones, but gynecologists are surgeons and they don't always actually, they don't want to measure the hormones and they don't want to do this like whole person approach and get you healthy and well. So sometimes you have to search out a doctor and I have a resource actually for you. I wrote a book for women, first of all, to help you figure out, could your symptoms be due to a hormone problem in the first place? And it's got a bunch of checklists. So you can see, could it be low testosterone? Is it, you know, estrogen dominance? Is it a cortisol problem? And then it's got some tips for natural things like what to eat and what can you do to try to get your hormones back in balance. But it also talks about the studies, like 
our hormone safe? Is estrogen going to cause breast cancer? And it talks about how to talk to your doctor about it. And then it's got resources for where if your doctor is not going to be the best one to help you with this, where can you go to find a doctor in your community that can help you? So if anybody is interested, the book is called This Is Not Normal, A Busy Woman's Guide to Symptoms of Hormone Imbalance. And you can download a free copy at isityourhormones.com. Isityourhormones.com. We will put a link in show notes for that. So You're going to be downloading that it. left and right. Yes, they I'm going to tell you. Sherry's yes, going to go are. download it. I'm going to get off this. Yes, this I am. <laughs> Is it your hormones.com? Well, that's that's great, a great resource, Deb, because you know, we just want to be heard. And I guess I could have gone through the rest of my life just feeling the, the cactus daggers, but I didn't want to. And to hear that there was hope for that. Would it be safe to say that bioidentical hormones slow down aging? Yes, absolutely. They help keep your skin looking younger, less wrinkles, less sort of dull, dry skin. They put that glow to your skin. You know how we get that crepey skin as we age? It it helps to prevent that. It helps prevent frailty. Like none of us want to be one of those little old teeny weeny skinny ladies who doesn't even have the strength to stand up out of the chair. Right. It keeps us robust. Like, what do you want to do when you're 90? I want to remember my kids' names and my grandkids' names so I can bake cookies with them. I don't know, maybe some people want to play golf when they're 90. I don't want to be sitting in a wheelchair or a rocking chair with somebody else feeding me mushy food. Right. Right. Yeah. So my other question was, oh gosh, I lost it. See, hello. Brain fog. Brain fog. <laughs> you need to download that Dang book it. immediately. And you know, Deb, a, a funny comment. I mean, it's not funny, but someone when I posted on Instagram about my hormone replacement, someone said, "I thought intermittent fasting was supposed to make all your hormones perfect." I'm like, "Well, it can't, you know, bring back estrogen or progesterone." Yeah, that's such a good point. There are so many things that we can do naturally in order to have balanced hormones, manage our stress, right. eat a healthy diet, get regular exercise, intermittent get- fasting. Yeah, intermittent fasting, right? Super important for hormone balance. But at the end of the day, when our ovaries shut down at menopause, our estrogen and progesterone and most of our testosterone go away and they right. don't come back. There's no amount of kale or yes, yoga. Exactly. Or intermittent fasting. Back. And that is why I was in denial because I'm like, I'm living a healthy lifestyle. I don't need to worry about that. Lies, lies. I did. I didn't need to worry about it. I remember my question. Yes. Is there a length of time that a person can safely use bioidentical hormones? So would you not want to start them like too early? Do you want, is there, is there an optimal time to start them to get the most like longevity and benefit from them? You have the best questions. Okay. Hormone, the the bioidentical hormones, if we're talking about for menopausal women, there's all these other things for when you're pre-menopausal, but if you're menopausal, the hormones work best if you start them early. So right around the time of menopause and then going forward, because they help to prevent, you know, the changes that happen with age. Like the women in that study that they did back in 2002, they didn't get them till they were 70. Like 20 years after the fact. If we start hormones way down the road, it doesn't go backwards and erase all the things that aged over time. So it is preferable to start the hormones early and then keeping going forward. Then the question is, how long can you stay on the hormones? And the wisdom for many years became stay on them for the least amount of time and then get off them and only use them if you're like super desperate. And it's because the belief was we're giving you these pills that are going to cause breast cancer. Of course, we want you to get off them as soon as possible. 
But if we're using bioidentical hormones that have not been shown to increase your risk for breast cancer, there's no need to stop them just because you hit a certain birthday. And even the, the conventional you know, wisdom of the, the organizations like the North American Menopause Society, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, like the regular doctors, not that I'm not a regular doctor, but you know, the conventional minded doctors, even those organizations say there's no data, there's no medical studies that say that you need to come off hormones at any particular time. And if it's helping your bones, if it's helping your, you know, painful sex or vaginal dryness or urinary stress incontinence, like we didn't talk about urinary leakage. That's another big one. I read somewhere, somebody said that we sell more adult diapers in America than for babies. Wow. And the hormones are really important for that too. So there's no research that says you have to stop it. That's not to say your doctor is not going to tell you to stop it because doctors are still kind of haven't gotten up to date on the research. But for the most part, you could stay on the hormones as long as you want. But the good news is hormones are always optional. If you don't want to be on hormones, you don't have to be on hormones. You don't get the benefits of them if you're not on them. But also if you've been on them for some period of time and then you stop, nothing bad happens other than maybe you don't feel as good and the benefits that you got, they're going to over time start to kind of age right. away, but you can always, they're always optional. I love that. So one last question, just before we wrap up here, just to clarify, you said start them early in menopause. So I, my understanding is menopause is one year from the date of your last period. That is when menopause occurs. So Technically, at, yes. at that one year is where you start? Yes. Well, we have a window of time. So preferably we would let, you know, depending on how you're feeling within about five years of okay. menopause, but it's not like you have to, you know, if your last period was 365 days ago, you don't have to rush to the doctor on Thursday. Right. Yeah. Okay. It was two years for me, two years yeah. after that In one two year two years, period. you knew you had to do something. Or one year after the one year period. Yes. Yeah. Wait. And you know, yes. the, the hot flashes are sometimes bad in the beginning and the hot flashes kind of go away. And when women are having hot flashes, we know it's hormones, right? But when the hot flashes go away, then you think, okay, I'm through menopause. I'm That's finished. over. Right. But then the the brain things, like the body changes, they creep up on you, and we don't always realize what's happening. The sleeping, that was also terrible for me, but now I'm sleeping so well. Yay. Thank you, progesterone. So again, Dr. Deb, Deb Matthew, would you tell people how they can find you? My website is signaturewellness.org. My practice is in Charlotte, and I'm licensed in North Carolina, so I can see patients in North Carolina. I have lots of patients that fly in to see me, but I do need to see people in North Carolina. There is, however, lots of information on the website, and there's also resources in the book for how to find somebody wherever you are. Perfect. Thank well, you so much. This has been great. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to invite you to our Life Lessons VIP community on Circle. Not only can you interact with us in a private online community, you can also connect with other listeners and community members. Most of all, though, you know, I know most of us don't need anything else to do in our lives. You're like, well, you know, I would really like to support the podcast, but I don't need another community. I don't need another place to go. Well, keep in mind that by joining the VIP community, you are supporting the podcast. And that's the most important thing, supporting the podcast with benefits if you ever feel like them. We have monthly Zoom hangouts where we connect and talk. We actually had ours recently and it was like the day the hurricane had been through. Yep. So it was a crazy day in my life. We had a hurricane and flooding and I still came to that Zoom hangout and it was like much needed stress relief on a crazy day. 
So you can choose your monthly membership contribution of $4.99 or $9.99. You don't get anything extra for the extra contribution. It's just whatever level of support you feel like you'd like to provide to our podcast. You can change to a different tier at the end of the month. Choose the option that feels like the right value to you. And if you truly get value from the podcast each week, we would love to have your support because it really does help us bring you the podcast every week. So next we have a segment that we call our listener-led listen. This is not my part. It's my part. So it's (laughs) time for our listener-led lesson. (laughs) And today's listener-led lesson comes from Lori. Lori said, do you know all the ways you can use a simple coffee filter? You can buy a box of 1000 at the dollar store for next to nothing, cover bowls or dishes when cooking in the microwave. You can dampen them to keep them from sticking, clean windows, mirrors, and chrome. Coffee filters are lint-free, so they'll leave windows sparkling. Protect china by separating your good dishes with a coffee filter between each dish. Filter broken cork from wine. If you break the cork when opening a wine bottle, filter the wine through a coffee filter. Protect a cast iron skillet. Place a coffee filter in the skillet to absorb moisture and prevent rust. Apply shoe polish. Weigh chopped foods. Place chopped ingredients in a coffee filter on a kitchen scale. Hold tacos. Coffee filters make convenient wrappers for messy foods. Stop the soil from leaking out of a plant pot. Line a plant pot with a coffee filter to prevent the soil from going through the drainage holes. Put a few in a plate and put your fried bacon, french fries, chicken fingers, etc. on them. It soaks up the grease. Put baking soda into a coffee filter and insert into shoes or a closet to absorb or prevent odors. Use them to strain soup stock and to tie fresh herbs in to put in soups and stews. Use them as a spoon rest while cooking and clean up small counter spills. Use them to hold dry ingredients when baking or when cutting a piece of fruit or veggies. Use them to wrap Christmas ornaments for storage. Use them to sprout seeds. Simply dampen the coffee filter, place seeds inside, fold it, and place it into a plastic baggie until they sprout. And I can't believe this, Sherry, but I had one tip and she didn't say it. My one coffee filter tip. Teachers use them to give snacks to kids. Oh, yeah. If you have a whole classroom Mm -hmm. full of students and you're trying to pass out something, give them coffee filters. Yeah. I mean, some of those were just like brilliant. I was like, wow. Yeah. It's like the wine one. Yeah. Great listener-led lesson, Lori. Thank you. At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. And today's quote comes from Teresa. The quote is, I always look forward to the first snow. The sky lowers like a goose covering her eggs and everything goes quiet. Then a snowflake flutters down and another, and soon they are swirling about like the aftermath of a pillow fight. This quote is from Sophie Blackall's book, Things to Look Forward to. This quote represents an image in prose writing that is poetic, which I love. The quote from Sophie shows she can also draw and paint images with words, which is what I try to do with my poetry. Sophie Blackall illustrated Kate D. Camillo's book, The Beatrice Prophecy. It is a supposedly a middle grade novel, but I'm also recommending it to adults. And I have never heard of that book. I haven't either. The Beatrice Prophecy with a Y instead of an I. Yeah. Well, listeners, thank you for joining us today. I think this was a great episode and one that a lot of women will enjoy or need or (laughs) perk up about. (laughs) And even if you're young, back when I was like, oh, yeah, that'll never happen to me. Oh, it will. It's going to happen to you. 
<laughs> oh, I was like, I don't want to think about that yet. And I wish I would have been more prepared for well, the, only the thing changes I thought that are of happening. Was, you just don't have periods anymore. Right. So that's it. And that sounded good. So I was super excited. I didn't know all the other stuff that came along with it. So we need to educate the women that are coming along behind us. But thank you for joining us. And also join us in the Life Lessons VIP community by going to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP to become a VIP podcast supporter for either $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Your support really does ensure that we can keep bringing you episodes of the Life Lessons podcast each week. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We would also love for you to leave us a five-star review. That helps us reach others. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you would like to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and then listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.